so I texted the editor today because he said last week, oh yeah, I'll let you know what availability we're going to want from you for next term. And, uh, and I'm like, that's grand. He said that like last Wednesday before last. So I texted him this evening saying, hey, just a reminder, you said you'd let me know what availability you wanted me for for the upcoming term there uh, this week. Haven't heard back from you. What's the crack? And he goes, we can offer you every Thursday. <laughs> and i said okay. i said jesus are you going to improve on the right and then he goes I, know, I might as well i might as well read it out since my phone's in front of me and then he goes excuse me <laughs> and i said i don't know why you sound so shocked five months ago you said i wouldn't regret dropping a regular well-paying client for this work you've strung me along through all through the re recess you know what the cost of living in this town is like the rate that you're paying me isn't much. It's pathetic, in fact. And he goes, actually, I was just asking for clarity. I was shocked at your unprofessional exclamation and continue to be shocked at your unprofessional texts. If you wanted to ask for more money, there is a much better way of doing it. I suggest you get some advice on how to do that. Perhaps give me a shout next week when you've calmed down. Then he blocked me on WhatsApp. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow, you're getting a fucking helmet's bucket of coins soon, dude. <laughs> <laughs> This is this is the uh, we're getting an unprofessional conversation from the uh, the company that ran out of money at the end of the last court term and wasn't able to pay people. Well, sorry, wasn't but, able to pay specifically me. But not but, only uh, that, but, but like no, 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 no. I'm the one who's unprofessional, of course. But like, it's not like you asked for money in like an unprofessional way. You asked for a bigger day rate. Well, here, here are my then, And then he said, excuse me. And he, he was acting like, uh, everyone knows that's the politest way to ask for clarification. I just wanted the definition of all of those words. That's all. Are you going to do any better on the right? Yeah, that's fine. I, I don't understand what his, what his meltdown is. He doesn't want to pay me more. That's what his meltdown is. But I mean, it's not like you turned around to me. You're like, hey, you cheap motherfucker. Open up your fucking purse strings here. <laughs> like, you said, like you said, hey, you're paying me shit. And you said months ago, you're going to pay me better. So pay me fucking better. Well, actually, no, they've never said they'd pay me better. They did wow, say fair. that they'd endeavor to pay me on time. They said I wouldn't regret <laughs> working for them. I mean, that's, that's a bit of a hard, a bit of a hard, got a bit of a hard sell. Well, this is the man who gave me rather a hard sell on taking up the job five months ago, uh, despite taking a pay reduction to do it. And it was clear that I was taking a pay reduction to do it. And he said I wouldn't regret it. Definitely regret it, I would say. Well, shit. I don't know. I, I don't know. Am I allowed to ask for more money? Have you seen what the cost of living is like? You're allowed to ask for more money in any job. If you make a hundred grand a year and you feel like you deserve more, you should ask for more. <laughs> your employer is not your friend. Your employer is the person that's paying for your services. Fuck them. Well, I'm just saying, if I'm going to book off an entire day going forward for yeah. like the next three months and therefore, and by so doing, rule myself out of like Monday to Friday work on a full-time basis, then, I mean, I'm going to look for a little bit more money. Like if someone's going to pay me for four slash five days a week for that, for the previous rate, okay, I could see that being, a, you know, that could be doable. But like, why would I bother then ruling myself out of other potential work that comes up on a weekday when everyone's in the office for a shit rate? Yeah, I, that's, that's a... Perpetual, perpetual cycle of exploiting people uh, who want to work in the press uh, for uh, fuck all money. And uh, staff journalists and staff editors and people who are on well-paid permanent jobs uh, getting haughty about it when they get called on it. Fucking sick yeah, ins insulating yourself with privilege so you can pretend it's fine. So as long as yeah. everyone's polite to you, you're not actually being exploitative. Oh yeah, yeah it must be. People keep getting people keep getting mad at me at the new job because I was talking about how like I my well my exact words were uh, I'm sure glad I'm not one of the contract dickheads any longer. <laughs> uh, but like they get really offended by that. And like I was trying to explain to them, I was like, I don't know why you're offended. Like I know when I was a contractor, I was on very good wages, but most contractors are on shit wages. Mm. So I don't know why you're saying it as some big fucking surprise that all of a sudden now that my money's better again, but now I'm just permanent and I have this fucking freedom, yeah. you know, and, and this fucking like golden ticket essentially on a, on a CV if I wanted it to walk into a different fucking job doing the same bullshit I've been doing for the last five years. Yeah, I don't understand why you'd be shocked that all of a sudden, like, I'd call out how contractors have a terrible, you know. I mean, they don't even have fucking benefits, dude. Certain, people, just, well, certain people don't even want to have a pay discussion, full stop. 
you know? Oh, it just makes like, yeah, they just they. Just well, they think it's they it. think it's they think asking about pay is rude. Full stop. Yeah, and, you um, have you get I'm what sorry. you're given. Well, well, I'm sorry. There's a lot of there's a lot of talk from where we're a small business. Shit, I'm a small business too. You know, I've got my own cash flow issues here too. It's crazy. These people are fucking cracked. So they are. Yeah, they don't. And and they just don't know how good they have it. Distinct it's also like already. don't care for it. It's a, it's also extremely unprofessional on their part. <laughs> you know, like you. I the want you, me. How dare you? Yeah, like the exact words being "excuse me" are like insane to me. Like mm-hmm. that's insane. <laughs> like a fucking hell. Like the last time I went to my boss and I said, "Look, man, I need more fucking money here." He mm. said, get back to me when you hit episode 30 of Morning Brew. I am, Woo-hoo! of course, Adam Sheridan, joined as always by... Stephen Burke. And the overpaid Daniel Purcell. Woo! Okay, boss man, get back to me now with a bigger paycheck. I did the thing. <laughs> 30 weeks running, we're here. We did it. Uh, all, all as part of a scheme for you to get paid more money. I wish you told <laughs> us that before episode 27, but... <laughs> we, we just would have been on 28 forever. At, th- at that stage, I was just too socially awkward to back out. You know, I, didn't t- I was too invested. Some I was post. worried. I was worried if I hadn't have said it, this would have been twenty nine two, and we would have just <laughs> kept going from there. Oh man, yeah. So employers are fucking shitheads. If you're writing someone a check, um, it, like, I think that's a good sign on if somebody came from money or not, mm-hmm. because the people that come from money are always so fucking like, so quick to underpay, and so like almost offended that you would think that they're not doing you a favor. Like oh, what? Yeah. What do you mean? This I I give you fifteen hundred a month. How is that not enough for you, you greedy little urchin? How how dare you? After all I've done, after paying you the bare minimum I could legally get away with, how dare you not to be appreciative of it? How much could rent even be? Fifty fifty thirty fifty quid, thirty quid? You just yeah. live in your live in your mansion. That's what I do. Full of no financial sense. Well, like one of the one of the worst fucking things in the world is that I had an, I had an old boss that like would essentially brag about his his income. Like he had basically set up a very nice situation for himself where the particular business I worked for, he didn't actually do anything. He just had a friend in a place that was able to write him a big contract. And then he got the people in to do the actual job and he did literally nothing and he pocketed most of that check. Which, I mean, look, I'm not going to begrudge somebody from fucking running a scam and, and getting paid. But there was a time where pay was delayed and didn't come true. And what I got back was a screenshot of this guy's bank account. Hmm. Um, rather than like an explanation as to where the fucking money was, I got a screenshot of a bank account. I'll just say it's fucking meant. There was 275,000 euro in his account. Um, and the amount that he wrote off on a week-to-week basis or a month basis or whatever was a very low amount of money comparatively. Like he was the, the, the money he was being paid for not doing this job was a very substantial amount of money. But like, you yeah. know, you get, these fucking, you get these fucking excuses back and it's like, do you think I give a shit if the bank is like broken or the bank's not open or anything <laughs> like that? It's your job to get me paid. Yeah. I don't give a shit if you have an issue with that. You have to fucking make sure that issue is solved. Yeah. It's yeah, not a yeah. fucking favor on some part. You're not doing me a favor. I'm doing you a favor. Because you're collecting a fucking paycheck based on work you're not doing. I'm doing the favor. <laughs> Speaking of shithead bosses that are doing people favors, why did your man from Alfie's even bother to, to comment? He, well, what he barely he commented. I, I, didn't see him, I didn't see him commenting. He just said it's a personal matter between me and the employee. And then they followed up with asking him, like, well, would you do this again? And then he said, that's a personal matter and it's all I'm going to say on it. That's a personal matter. Yeah. Fuck you, you shithead. I mean, if if it wasn't true, okay, well, that confirms it all. Like, if it wasn't true, who'd say it's untrue and defamatory? And I'm assuming all of you call. Yeah, hundred percent. No, that's no. just straight. That's just straight contra- That's just a straight confirmation that yeah, he done exactly what it was, and all he wants, yeah. and all he, and all he's going to say on the matter is because he hasn't got any proof of any other thing that ever happened between him and the employee is that all he's going to confirm is that I don't like this guy, and obviously if you're a business owner and you're experiencing cash flow difficulties obviously you have a tendency to take that personally as we as we have found out so yeah maybe he maybe look maybe he took it too personally obviously he took it too personally because he's handed him a bucket of five cent coins when the guy asked just for what he was owed 
just for anyone that's listening, because we have a lot of non-Irish listeners, and I, I guarantee you haven't heard this story. There's a local <laughs> bar. There's a local bar from us called Alfie's. It's like a shitty little cocktail bar. You know, one of its houses you'll see anywhere else. South, but, South William Street. Yeah, I'm if you William heard Street. a story about a bar mistreating its employees, you would guess it was Alfie's just based on the front of the bar. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Or the fact that like he'll post Instagram po- photos of his cocktails in the to-go cup and and comment knacker drinking on it or whatever. Right. Um. Yeah. Right, apparently, right. a lot of Instagram stuff has has surfaced after the fact. Um. Apparently, a lot of a lot of tra- anti-traveler community comments have surfaced. I haven't seen all of them. I seen the knacker drinking thing. Admittedly, probably poor judgment as opposed to maliciousness based on what I've seen. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But. Still, you know, you're not surprised. Yeah, but for anyone that's worried, that's wondering. So basically, an ex-employee was looking for his final pay, um, and he got given a 65-pound um, commercial tub of mayonnaise filled to the brim with five-cent coins. I hope he washed it out before putting the coins in, because that'd be nasty. At least you get some free mayo if he didn't. Little, little, little tip there, little bonus, little coppery tinge to it. Yeah, so uh. the guy's like a class A arsehole, right? But you just kind of wonder. I seen his comment this morning. I was getting ready for the gym, and I read his comment, and I was thinking like. Okay, obviously it's got under his skin enough that he's felt like I have to comment on it. But I was just thinking, like, why the fuck would you comment if your comment is no comment? Just shut the fuck up and stay silent like you usually do. You know what I mean? Because he's never commented on any of the other backlash. And now, granted, they haven't gotten this level of traction. But, like, at the same time, just leave that there. But also, I do feel like when you read that's a personal matter to me and the employee, I do feel like the ex-employee is going to get an awful lot of shitty texts. Yeah. I feel like he's gonna get a bit of a bit of a bully in his way from his old employer um, about this incident going viral and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. How could you do this to me after I gave you a free bucket? Oh, one hundred percent. I can I can very clearly I can very clearly see like a bunch of shithole texts going to the former employee to say stuff like you know oh you could have taken this up in a different way. Really... Yeah, yeah oh, the classic one. Very unprofessional. Very unprofessional. How very could you embarrass un- very me? Very unprofessional. We could have done this a different way. This was a joke, bro. Lol. Um, please answer your answer the Snapchat I sent you. Open your I Snapchat. I can't believe you took this so seriously. Stuff but like exactly that. The, if he has any sense, then he's saving those chats. Oh, he would. Follow up oh, material. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm but dying like, for it to happen. But like the the statement he issued, right? And I was watching this. I was just like on the day that it all went viral. There were a million tweets. Well, there was a big heap of tweets from people working on breaking news desks looking to follow up with the guy who posted it. A guy called Rian Kyo. And I was just like, okay, there's huge attention for this story. Let's just see what pops out there because they're obviously going to go to the manager of Alfie's for comment. And very few people are going to publish anything before he comments. And I was wondering there, we got about 12 hours deep into this. And I was just like, hmm, no news, no news articles. You'd expect someone to turn things around faster. So either he hasn't commented or he's, or he's denied it. But or he's, tra- he's threatened some lawsuit or something, or but obviously he just hadn't replied to anybody for a good 12 hours or something and tried to see if he could take the heat out of it. And he only achieved, all, all he's achieved is making the making the thing go into a second day, or make, all he achieved is making it go into a second day. He could have at least stopped it running right up into the weekend as a story in the news, but anyway, he didn't. That's uh, that's what happens when you get absolutely shell shocked. But what was he thinking? I'd love to know. And obviously, when you issue a statement like that, the only thing you get the coins. Why did he get the well? He's running a hospital. I'm sure he's sitting on a heap of coins for change. You know. But there was over seven thousand of them. (laughs) That's an awful (laughs) lot of coins. (laughs) Well, he probably you can go. You could have just gone into the Bank of Ireland business desk in College Green, but then he would have had to cart them all the way back up to Alfie's. Like, but he would have. He he, he clearly went to the effort. He went. A barman had to carry them back. (laughs) He went to the effort of of withdrawing a huge amount of a huge amount of change. For some reason, I wonder if he's been doing this for years or something for severance pay or for final paychecks. Maybe, and maybe this is just the only one that was so big. You know what I mean? Like maybe he's been such an arsehole before that, like, but oh, someone only had like you know a yeah. hundred quid or eighty quid or sixty quid. Pays them, pays them out of the contents of the till or something, or yeah, yeah, exactly. Whereas this time around, obviously, it was it was a bucket of over seven thousand coins, so I guess it got a little bit away from him. <laughs> If you're ever faced with this scenario, by the way, dear listeners, and you live in Ireland or the UK, at least, you don't have to accept more than 50. It's the law here and in the UK that you don't have to accept more than 50, 50 coins 
in exchange for payment of commercial debt or any debt, in fact. So I think one of the funnier comments on it, more than more than fifty coins isn't considered legal tender. That's just considered shithousery, and it's, that's from that's, yeah, that's straight from the Bank of England and the Central Bank of Ireland. Yeah, one of the funniest comments though was 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 a solicitor pointing that out, and he was oh, someone pointing that out anyway. And then they said that if a sheriff went around to collect that, he would not take those coins. And it's like, yeah, I have no fucking shit, dude. If I got sent <laughs> out to collect the fucking cash and someone handed me a mayonnaise bucket, I'd be like, go fuck yourself. Give me a fucking check. What the fuck is this? <laughs> fuck I'd, off. I'd, I'd say no thanks, but I think I'll repossess your computers instead. <laughs> I'll take that iPad over there. <laughs> nah. I'll take I'll take the keyboards off the tills. <laughs> Good luck getting in later. Wouldn't that be great if you got to pick what you could repossess? So like you went out of your way to repossess specific things just to fuck them. Like I you mean, took if you, got a, if, you got a, if you got a, if you got a judgment against somebody, you could theoretically just go into their. Theoretically, you don't necessarily need the sheriff to enforce it. You could just go in and like start picking stuff up. Like just like you take the keyboards off all the tills, so they can't open the till drawers. And like yeah. you take all you take all the lime knives that they use to like cut the limes oh, yeah. and lemons and stuff up, just oh, like yeah. a bunch of random shit as you're walking the door. All the door handles for the bathrooms, <laughs> 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 just like leaving with a fucking bag of locks. Half like, an inch off every chair leg. Yeah. Take, take all the forks. Yeah, <laughs> we're even now. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? That'd be fucking great. I feel sorry for the current staff at Alfie's who for this entire weekend when they serve anyone are going to have that person concernedly grabbing their arm and whispering does he pay you in buckets of coins too? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Fucking hell. What a shithawk. I couldn't imagine doing that. Like I could imagine doing it as like a joke to like a family member or a friend. Yeah. But that like, would be funny. Yeah. But like not, not you, that's distinctly unprofessional. But also, like, you wouldn't take it. Like, the joke would be very funny, but you'd also go back to the fucking bank with your mayonnaise bucket, like, here, <laughs> I need this in the fucking account. Yeah, like, obviously. And the worst part is he didn't even give him the bank bags that he obviously emptied the coins out of with the yeah. actual <laughs> mayonnaise bucket, because that would actually facilitate him lodging the cash. Motherfucker. Imagine imagine walking home with like If it was a joke, right? If it was a real joke, you'd have put the you'd have put the cash bags under the first layer of coins, right? So that when someone starts counting them, they have the cash bags, and then they can just go lodge the money. But yeah, my favorite the mayonnaise under the cash bags. <laughs> my my favorite part, and it was why I started laughing. Then it was you were saying, imagine having to walk home with it. They were talking about how he had rings on his arms from like the handles of the <laughs> of the thing, and like it's just so funny. <laughs> Like, was some poor bastard, like, heaving a fucking commercial bucket of mayonnaise home that weighs over 60 pounds is the funniest fucking thing. I mean, it's like be, that... I'd be surprised the mayonnaise bucket would hold it. Mayonnaise is probably significantly lighter than a big load of fucking zinc and copper gold. Well, yeah, that's what I was thinking, too, because there's no way that mayonnaise bucket holds 30 fucking kilo of mayonnaise. No. Like, a, a fucking jar of mayonnaise is, like, fucking 300 grams. <laughs> can you imagine can you imagine what would have happened right if he'd had to like jump onto the lewis really quick or run for the lewis and just at the moment he's getting through the door oh, the, bottom, the bottom bursts through <laughs> on, on the mayonnaise bucket and drops 380 euro worth of copper coins all over the lewis all over the lewis stop like it's all over the bottom, and all man. over the lewis lines <laughs> so that if the tram leaves it's gonna fucking derail on the copper coins <laughs> Oh my god. All I'm imagining now is a small hole that coins keep falling through. And you know in that scene in Wayne's World where he opens the like the camera reel holder and the reel falls out for like a minute as he stands yeah. there awkwardly. Your man is just standing there not knowing what to do as fucking the coins fall for a solid two minutes through the hole there's, in the bucket. There's so many coins that it's actually about eight minutes in real time of just slowly pouring out onto the ground. Like Tom and Jerry when he takes the uh, the gunpowder flask and just starts like running a trail back, but doesn't realize he's left the he's left the he's left the cork open on it and runs back with a trail following him and then lights it and it goes back and catches him. That, but with coins. Oh, I shouldn't laugh. I feel bad for the guy, but it's so fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking hell! What a fucking dickhead! Jesus. Oh, yeah. that's been one of the better things about social media lately. I had to take, I had to take very 
Steve, I decided recently, because I've had for a long time, I was thinking like, I can't, I mute a lot of shit on Twitter. And mm. there's a lot of, my timeline gets flooded with stuff that I just can't deal with every day. Like I just that, that being the only thing I ever see on Twitter, I have to just mute it. So I, just, I, I can't have this be the only fucking thing I see all day long. <laughs> and so I was struggling for a long time with like, do I mute pandemic related words? That's a lot of words. Because on one hand, it's like, I should. How are you going to go sh- viral then? Huh? Well, I mean, I don't need to, that, like, I can post things and other people can retweet them. I just won't see it. Mm. Um, but I was just thinking, like, you know, should I do it? Because on one hand, I feel like I should have this, like, instant access to information where stuff, it, as it's happening, is live and getting posted and I don't miss something, you know, and stuff, stuff happens. And then the other hand, I was thinking, like, man, this is a real fucking bummer to only see this every single day for, like, two fucking years, essentially. Yeah. And I had to do it recently. The, the, I had a turning point. Hmm. My turning point was, and this is one of my big, like, legitimately, it was no joke. It's, it's one of my big fucking, like, put downs at the minute is that I was getting really upset with having to go near any kind of social media that I own hmm. because I'd go onto it and, like, I'd have people that are pointing out how, like, this guy three weeks ago was talking shit about COVID and now he's yeah. sick and now he's dead. Yeah. And it's like, I don't, look, people's choices are their choices. I don't want to humanize any of these fucking idiots. You know, if someone makes a choice and they end up losing their life on it, that's a terrible tragedy. And I don't want to see that. I don't want this. I need that person in my head to be a statistic. I don't need to know that fucking John from Utah has now left behind three young children. And he's a real person now. And there's three people that are going to suffer for the rest of their lives because of a stupid act. Do you find that traumatic? Not that I fight with the sheer amount of it. Yeah. Okay. Fair yeah, enough. when it when it's when it becomes multiple people and they're real people, and it's not so much that the guy like you just hear certain stories, and it's like this fucking guy's thirty five. Yeah. I'm not gonna cheer and clap my hands as a thirty five year old is dead because of a stupid incident. It's like, that's fucking the act of doing it is really distasteful. I think like that. I, I almost the people themselves. I that's one thing, and I feel sorry mm. for them and sorry that they were so taken in by misinformation or whatever. But yeah, the 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 relish that people mm. talk about it with yeah kind of and that there's that whole subreddit the herman kane award subreddit yeah. which is dedicated entirely to it and like yeah uh, it just makes me feel very uncomfortable and queasy when people start doing that it's just as well because like you're reading things and you're seeing like updates from family on their personal accounts and it's like you know someone's wife and they're saying that this person's now died and he has three young kids and they have been decimated financially over his illnesses over the past several months and because he's been in hospital for so long, they've been spending so much money, and it's like I'm supposed to jump up and down and clap my hands because there's some fucking woman who's fully vaccinated and she's trying mm. to look after her kids, and now her husband is dead. The other household member that was earning an income is dead now because of a stupid fucking opinion that he read online, and they're going to suffer with this probably for fucking decades. Like these are kids that will never remember their father, but on top of that, these are also kids that are going to have to struggle with severe financial like crippling for who knows how fucking long. And I was like, I don't understand why I'm supposed to cheer for this stuff. I don't need that. If people mm. make a stupid decision and they die from that, that's, a, that's an absolute tragedy in itself. But when you're trying to put their name and their face and their backstory in front of me, they're no longer just a statistic. It's now a real person. I don't need that. I don't need to see that every day. So I started muting a bunch of shit because of that because I just couldn't handle like this idea of like cheering for someone who's dead. It's like, I can't. It's not a bad person. He's just an idiot. Like A lot of them are just idiots. Some of them are bad people. Most of them are just stupid. And they believe something that's not true. Hmm. So like it's just it's just a real fucking like miserable situation to be in every day. Hmm. And like the journal did it the other day, talked about an, an anti-vax mother and daughter that passed away together in a hospital. And it's like I can't I can't escape this thing. So I did my best to be able to like mute it and silence it as much as I could on social platforms that I use at the very least. Hmm. Well then you're not gonna like my TV recommendation for you, which is just the Herman Cain Awards. It's it's the in, you know the in memoriam at the Oscars. It's that, but for everyone on that subreddit. It's that, but it's every in memoriam they've ever done for every award show. <laughs> in memoriam supercut. And actually, I think I made a huge error agreeing to try to recommend a TV show. For, so again, as I said last week, if you're one of these subhuman degenerates who only watches one episode every so often, go back and watch the previous episode because. You know, otherwise, you you you've fallen behind on lore. You don't you don't know you don't know what the story arcs are like. But anyway, in that previous episode, I told Adam as he was complaining when people recommend shows to him, they just recommend shows that they like that they want to talk about with him. Back he still rec- sucks. That I would recommend the perfect show for him. 
<laughs> okay. I realized as soon as I started this, and as soon as I started trying to find one, that I'm a fucking idiot. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you've seen. I very rarely talk about television with you, so I don't. Uh-huh. Know, I don't have like a comprehensive idea of your tastes. Uh, I don't know what uh, what streaming services you have. There's a mm. huge amount of shit that I should have asked and I didn't. So mm-hmm. I just tried to like put myself in your mental space. I went through lists of television shows, being like, "No, I don't like that. Yeah, I do yeah. like that. No, I don't." <laughs> and, and I threw up just... a season three of Baki. <laughs> have, you... <laughs> have you heard of The Sopranos? <laughs> uh, uh, didn't no. like it. No, um, no. So I think I, in the end, I I think I came up with my my uh, my answer, okay. Um, based on the idea that I think what you like the most about watching television is watching it with Efa. So I was trying to pick true, up a show true. that Efa might be super into and that you would be brought along as a result. Okay. So my recommendation to you is Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Well, that's a good shout. I do like Buffy. Haven't seen Buffy in a very long time, but I like Buffy. That's a good one. That's a good recommendation. Uh, I like it. Oh, thank God. That is hours. Of, that is literally, uh, uh, no, no one from Bank of Ireland listened to this, but everyone cover your ears for 10 seconds. The last like two hours of work, I was just looking up television shows. <laughs> 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 but it shows that doing a recommendation is fucking difficult because like, yeah. there's so, I, also it reminded me so much TV is shit. Like so much Netflix filler is just like, Oh yeah. Often. So bad. It's, it's do you know nonsense. what I think? Yeah. Do you know what I think you and Aoife should watch Adam? What? The BBC's latest adaptation of War and Peace. Okay, how long is it? It's not as long as you'd think, actually. Yeah, but that's, that, that still could mean it's twenty <laughs> no, it's, hours long. It's it's a one series BBC miniseries, I think. Hang on. Okay, so check. probably like what four episodes, six episodes. About six hour long episodes, maybe six, eight. Six would be the whatever, usual for British it's shows. Whatever a B, it's whatever a BBC one is. Yeah, the twenty sixteen one. Um, let me see. A six-part adaptation. Four, uh, four two-hour episodes aired in the United States is that. A running time of 60 to 82 minutes per episode. It's fucking okay. brilliant. Oh. You've seen it, haven't you, Dan? No, but oh. I, I might now. It's really good. I, I really okay. Do you want to know? I might actually go back and read it. I've been reading, I've been reading War and Peace since watching it. Like. How many, Dan, guess how many pages War and Peace is? I want to. We want to. I want to do a game here. See if we can get close. Who gets closest? Eight hundred and sixty-seven. Oh, I'm going way above that. I'm going to go nine ninety. But I guess it would depend 15, on which version. Fifteen to sixteen hundred. But it's a really small print version. <laughs> it's one page. It's, you have to read it with a magnifying glass. <laughs> Is he getting it to count? Yeah, well, he's not gonna. He's just gonna look at the number at the bottom what's of the page. You see, what's what's the biggest book you've ever read? Uh, in, like in one go, not like a fucking textbook or something you did over the course of like a year. Probably like a probably a Stephen King book, but I wouldn't really be able to tell you which one, um, because all of his stuff is pretty fucking lengthy. Yeah, um, they are I'm not. Good. I'm not a fan of massively long books. Um, like a turn off for me. Like I'll I'll read whatever. But if someone recommends a book and that book is like fucking, you know, a thousand pages, that's a bit of a stretch for me personally. Can't find. I think I read the original. I read like the Lord of the Rings all combined into one volume, and it was like I think it's a big fifteen fifteen hundred words, including appendixes. And I made myself read the appendixes because otherwise you finish the book and there's like two thousand pages left, and you don't really feel like you've read the book. (laughs) Yeah, I. uh... Yeah, I, I I don't think I'd be able to really put myself through with something like that. Probably a Stephen King book, though. Stephen King books can be quite lengthy. Um, so there's probably some... I used to read an awful lot of garbage Stephen King stuff. I don't know why. <laughs> like, now that I'm thinking about it, I really don't know why. Um, because, like, Stephen King, I have said this before, and I'll say it again. He is a... He is a average to above average writer when he has a good editor. And he is... his, But his work is amazing films. His stuff will turn into an amazing film. And you don't necessarily want to read that book. <laughs> I can tell that to a lot of people now. You don't necessarily want to go back and read the book version. <laughs> but his stuff, to, but his, but the, his stuff that he writes though turns out to be very good movie material. Maybe that's like, why it's, it's not a great read as a book. Maybe it's I, maybe he's essentially just writing screenplays. Like my my impression of Stephen King is he's the classic example of you know the book was much weirder than the film. Like you know, in, oh, the, yeah, yeah. in, in the book instead of killing the monster, they actually have sex with it and in doing so destroy the eldritch pact that formed him 
you know, I, I think there's a, an example of that in it, where they all like have some weird like sex pact when they're children. Yeah, they all fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they didn't they... show that in either version, thank God. No, in the it's shockingly in the film version they brought out recently, the kids just cut their hands and touched them together. And yeah, they touched a lot more together in the books than their fucking hands. Um, you know, but yeah, Stephen King's a very strange writer. And um, there's a lot of stuff that I don't really remember too well because it's been a long time since I've read Stephen King, but like I was talking to a, a guy that I used to work with a couple of jobs ago. And I was, you know, he was saying that he's a big Stephen King fan. And we were kind of going over some Stephen King stuff. He was really surprised that he had met someone that had also read Stephen King stuff. And uh, mm. I was I was coming at it at the point of like, yeah, like I wouldn't touch it now. You know, I'm a fucking adult. Like, that's insane. And he was basically saying like, oh, I read like the Dark Tower series again recently. I was like, you're a fucking lunatic. <laughs> I'm pretty sure like I'm pretty sure the later seasons of the Dark Towers or the later books in the Dark Towers are where essentially you go into like the metaverse and on top of fighting the Dark Towers villains, they also have to fight Pennywise the Clown and also have mm. to fight Carrie, I'm pretty sure. And they think they like, save Stephen King's life so he'll write the books and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, there's a weird, like, Stephen King becomes like a meta character in the Dark Towers. Um, he puts himself in there and basically the universe gets created that they're in because of his car accident he was in when he was younger, IRL. It's a, he's a strange writer. He just gets yeah. away with a lot. I, I hate everything that involves an, an author writing themselves into their own book. Sorry. I, it's an absolute complete yeah. turn off for me. Hate it. Yeah. Hate it. Well, My favorite. The... Hate it. I remember, it's not, it's not an author, it's a director, but I remember watching a bunch of M. Night Shyamalan movies where I told, I think it was The Village, where you're told, no, yeah, the, 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 no, it's Sixth Sense, where you're told like, no, fuck, what's the one with the aliens? The signs, signs. You're told, oh, um, M. Night Shyamalan has a, has a cameo on this, and you're thinking he's going to be in the background. He's like a main character. He like shows up. As, I think like he's the man who killed Mel Gibson's wife or something in it. He's got like dialogue. The camera lingers on him. It's yeah, so yes. egotistical. He has to end up in SAG. Mm. <laughs> you know, he hasn't gotten enough acting credit for that month. So, but I'm making a movie. I'll just get myself an acting credit. We're good to go. Mm. Yeah, I don't like when they do it either. What's uh, who who wrote American Psycho? Who wrote it? Uh, yeah. um, is that not Ellis? Something Ellis? Oh, um, Brett Easton Ellis. Brett Easton Ellis. Yeah. Oh, I nailed that. Thank you very much for the assist, everybody. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, he. Uh, there's like a sequel kind of to American Psycho, but that has Patrick Bateman's character in it. But the book is actually based on the author, like writing stuff. It's it's like a whole fucking deal. Someone told me about it once, and I was like, oh, I'd never read that book. That's a mm. that's a terrible. It's not even like he's in it. The whole plot of the book is about him and him being a writer writing a book. <laughs> and I was like, no. And I think he's like God in it. I'm pretty sure he kills Patrick Bateman. <laughs> it's weird. It's a it's a weird scenario. I I it's not for me, dude. American Psycho is good though. I sort of love when creatives get so up themselves. Maybe because they're so much so surrounded by other creatives that they just sort of like lose touch with reality. Like I was looking at, I was reading earlier about you know the Polanski stuff. Um, you know, well obviously <laughs> Ro- Ro- Roman Polanski, <laughs> famous famous child rapist Roman Polanski. <laughs> I was about to ask, what Polanski stuff are we going into today? But do you remember um, about 10 years ago, there was a petition circulated when he was arrested and America tried to extradite him. And the petition was signed by like Scorsese and, you know, uh, I think Natalie Portman signed it and later said she regretted it. Wes Anderson, a bunch of people signed it uh, saying that it was it was terrible and that he was that this was happening. But they frame it as like. It's because he was an artist. Like this is this is a, an attack against art. And the head of the, uh, the festival he was on his way to when he got arrested said that it was philistine collaboration or something that he was arrested. <laughs> it's like they're not they're not trying to extradite him because they think Chinatown is shit. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the same. I no, obviously not to the same extent. I do not believe Lars von Trier has raped any children. Um, but the last of Lars von Trier stuff, where he like he's like a weird asshole, but like people let him away with it because he's like a he's an yeah. artist, he's a real artist, and it's like no, he's not. His movies are fucking dog shit. His movies are dog shit, and I'm gonna put I'm putting it out there again. Anyone that watched Nymphomaniac and says they liked it, just like it because it's like ninety minutes of sex. You know they I got um, Shia, Lebe- Shia LaBeouf's accent in it, where he's Shia trying to be English. Yeah. What's your name? Is it Liz? Good job, Liz. It's excellent. Uh-huh. It's the best accent I've ever heard. What was your favorite scene in it? Was your favorite scene when uh, they count how many times he pumps into her ass? I've mm. literally only seen that one clip on YouTube. Of oh, him okay. saying, Good job, Liz. I've never seen the rest of it. Because it was tree. He does tree ass pumps and he's out. 
He's tired. He taps out. I'm out. I'm, out now. I'm done. Yucky, yucky. That's where the poo lives. I don't <laughs> want to be in there anymore. <laughs> That's his exact words, but with the English accent. Yeah. Ew, yucky. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. And oh, then, but then he... we've we've gotten completely sidetracked. How many pages are in War and Peace? I want to know if I was right. He couldn't yeah. find it. I'm pretty sure it's like twelve. I couldn't though. find the book, but like, there's loads of different editions of it. How many? I googled pages? it. War. Well, it's it's po- it's peace. it's definitely above a thousand. Right? First, this is saying it's one thousand two hundred and twenty-five. Yeah. So I was way fucking off. Well, I was originally. Oh, I was the closest. Over... I went for fifteen hundred. Yeah. That would make sense. Well, I was gonna go high, and then when Dan went low, I was like, "Shit, maybe I'm maybe I'm completely off on, on how long it is." Now, what scrapes a rat? Is that a big book? I yeah, grapes a rat is a chunker, all right. Yeah, yeah. I'm it's pretty not, sure grapes a rat's a very big book. It's it's like about three times as long I, as most of his other uh, most of his, most of the other books in the kind of dust bowl era for Steinbeck. Like I'm um, gonna guess that it's 464 so pages. Yeah, it's a good. It's a good five hundred. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna say like eight hundred. It's four hundred sixty-four pages. I googled. <laughs> I was wondering this why you were what, so confident. This isn't a very fun game, Dan. Not gonna lie, for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> I was just curious. It was just a footnote. I was curious about it. And what's oh, yeah. the point of doing anything if we don't compete even slightly? That's true. Right, I do biggest, actually biggest. think before we get to before we get to, to to Stephen's topic or to Dan's topic, I do think. That we have a rule, right? Whoever comes in last place between our game of the uh, of the the signature song list, right? Yeah. So here's how we're gonna do it. So we're gonna present our list. If someone in the group, so one of you two, guesses what the signature song is and it matches mine, I get a point from each person. Are we doing this right. this week? I haven't no, prepared anything. It's not this week. I'm oh just putting rules out. I'm just letting everyone know ahead of time so we all know and we all have the rules in place. Can you text so me these rules, please? Yes, we'll go with it. We'll, we'll do it offline. But whoever guesses, the, whoever, how many people ever guess your song, that's, that's you. You get a point for each person that guesses it. And if you have it, if eventually you get to, to whoever has the most points wins. I think whoever comes in last place has to have their Twitter bio changed by whoever comes in first place. No. I'm not changing think... all my work stuff. <laughs> I you can copy it and paste it back in later. No. How long uh, does it have to be changed for? One week. We should change Stevens to unprofessional. Should come back on Twitter when he's calmed down a little. <laughs> all, he, all he has to do is win. And obviously, you know, we're not gonna put anything obscene in there that will get anyone in trouble with anyone's employer. It's you okay, know, I don't have an employer. Okay, well we're not gonna put anything in that's gonna turn anyone off or like piss anyone off. You know, there's going to be nothing in there about, you know, sexual, weird sexual activities or anything like that. But I think that's, I think that's the, I think that's what we're playing for. I think you have to want to make sure that you don't end up in last place. At the very least, you're aiming for second. But I feel like we should get points for obscurity. You know, <laughs> if you fucking, as I said, if you put in Billy Jean, I don't, I'm not impressed. Okay. I don't know how we'll, I'll, I'll work out an obscurity system. Okay. Well, you can add to the system. That's fine. I'm just saying. That's how we have to go about it. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm on board. Should we jump to a topic then? And also, if Steven doesn't want to do Twitter, we'll just take over his Tinder for a week. <laughs> take okay. over his hinge. <laughs> you, won't, you, won't get, you won't get much swiping out of, out of the hinge, you know? I don't know what hinge is. Hard pressed, hard pressed to get me responses either. Uh, see, that's because that's you're doing it wrong. Well, don't worry. When I win and you come last place, I'll get you there. I like that now it's not even becoming a prize for me. It's becoming a job. It's a forfeit. <laughs> okay, I'll take it. <laughs> Sorry, Sorry, lads. I have to work on the weekend. I'm managing Stephen's dating <laughs> profiles. I can't come in today, boss. I'm real close to sealing the deal on Hinge. That could be really useful for me because I don't have time to go swiping on weekends. <laughs> All right. You're not fucking hiring us. Yeah. You guys just want to do this anyway. Stephen's going to come in last place. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, Stephen, you picked eight songs out of five, and they're all teenage dirtbag. But you spelled Weedus wrong on every single one. That's no points. Uh... <laughs> this one says Wipus. <laughs> Weedus, lol. <laughs> this one says Weedus picks. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Dan, go your topic. All right, my topic: the worst cast actors you've ever seen in movies. That's like the most inappropriate fucking like Sean Connery in nearly anything. 
that isn't James Bond. <laughs> oh, I remember seeing uh, Highlander a few years ago where he plays someone called the Spaniard. And you're like, yeah, sure, I'm from Spain. He's, it's just... he's fucking great in that. What are you talking about? How do you know what people mean, from Spain talk like back then, huh? The answer is you don't. That's true. <laughs> I don't know. I'm yeah. serious. The accent migrate. Yeah, fucking Nuria sounds like um, <laughs> Sean Connery. That's why I love her. <laughs> uh. Uh, Pierce Brosnan in Mamma Mia. One and two. Yeah, because he can't sing. Because um. not only can he not sing, they obviously didn't test his singing until he was already on set, which is why he sings one song and they mute him. <laughs> <laughs> it's insane. They obviously just didn't check. Well, would I have, if I had to guess which of the three lads in Mamma Mia couldn't sing, I would have guessed Colin Firth by a lot. But it turns out, no, it's the one who looks the most like Dean Martin can't sing. Yeah. To be oh, honest, I was never shocked that Pierce Brosnan couldn't sing. When I got to that part, people have told me for years he was bad. And I was like, yeah, but like, what do you mean by bad? And then I watched Mamma Mia with Aoife one time. She loves it. And I was like, oh, shit. Oh, he is bad. Holy shit. Like, they do their best to correct him in post. But they also just mute him at a certain point. <laughs> and he's very clearly supposed to have lines. But everyone else has more important, like, louder lines to cover him up. <laughs> and it's just the one song. He has one song in the entire musical. Which one? And they mute it? him. It's the end song where they are singing to get him to, to like, he's getting back together with Meryl Streep. Uh um it's the yeah, it's that one. And like it's like a three minute song that he has like thirty seconds worth of stuff for. And then, then, then they cut him, they cut the music on him and they take the go without him. Awful decision to cast. Vince yeah. Vaughn in anything where he's supposed to be charming. Hmm. Where's he supposed to be charming? I feel like he's always a bit of a creep. And like wedding crashers, he's definitely supposed to be a creep. I think you pick him up as a creep and I think they pick him up as like really charming man. Because <laughs> there's a lot of stuff where he's like he's supposed to be charming in parts of like the breakup and stuff like that, right? Not the, mm-hmm. not the parts where he's very clearly an asshole but the parts where he's like realized he's an asshole and he's trying to correct his mistakes and like it's just not charming at all. Like it's like really not charming and like they do that a lot and it's like I, do you, you really have a different picture of what this man is than, than what, than what the, like this is the guy that goes to like Republican barbecues. He's not the charming, handsome stranger. That is tr- in dodgeball. Like, I think you're supposed to see him as like kind of a cantankerous guy who eventually gets on with his ragtag team. Whereas actually, yeah. he seems like he hates everyone. And when he like runs away at the end, it just looks like, he, like that's what he's wanted to do the entire time. Yeah. <laughs> and he was only staying there to try to get into, uh, what's her name's, um, Ben Stiller's I his wife's look- pants. I'm not sure. shitting on Vince Vaughn. I like Vince Vaughn. I think he's been in some very funny movie. But in saying that, I do think that whenever <laughs> they try and do him as charming, it does not work for me. It doesn't work at all. What's his very funny movie? I'm curious which one you've picked. Uh, he was good in uh, Dodge Wedding Crasher, up Break Up Wedding Crasher. No, in fairness, he's good. he's good in a lot of stuff. You know, He has his moments. He knows what his role is. He's very good at his role. Uh, whenever he's teamed up with Owen Wilson, usually a good pairing. They play off very well together. Yeah. But yeah. I just, you know, I just don't see him as the charming one. <laughs> Speaking of which, Here, Owen, Wilson, Owen Wilson in Behind Enemy Lines. Okay. Oh, where they want to make him an action hero. And he's yeah. just essentially going, wow, wow, wow. <laughs> oh my God, I've been chased by this Serbian guy. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this crazy Serbian guy in jeans and a sniper rifle is after me. How kooky is that? <laughs> I'm, li- also, I'm lying. I'm lying. He was great in that. Also, <laughs> but I, like Owen, anybody, but anybody could have played that role realistically. He was just Owen Wilson out. in those sofa ads that he does. Owen what? Wilson does sofa ads. Yeah, get out my fucking sofa, dude. I don't want Owen Wilson germs in my fucking sofa. Sofas are fucking expensive. I'm paying <laughs> two grand for this fucking sofa. It's got Owen Wilson's ass germs on it. Get the fuck <laughs> off my couch. <laughs> Unacceptable. I I feel like. You have a whole stand-up routine on Owen Wilson's sofa ads, and I've never even seen them. Uh, What's the deal with sofa ads? It's kind of like how Kevin Bacon does all those uh, Vodafone ads. Is that what he's in? Or Sky ads? Oh, I don't know. I can't remember. He's in in some British telephone ad anyway. But uh, yeah, he's been doing those for fucking decades. But uh, Mm. 
that's the same with Owen Wilson. He's been in these sofa ads for fucking years. And every now and again, they just bring him back in to update the ads. But it's like, dude, get the fuck off my couch. <laughs> I, I want a discount on this couch. It's got Wilson germs. I want it gone. <laughs> Show it a fleek free cleaning at least. Who else was terrible? Uh, Actually, put him in bacon in first class. Imagine for a second that Barry Keegan had been the lead in Baby Driver. No, no, I don't like that at all. Yeah, you can do fucking hypothetical miscastings, really. Imagine Woody Allen was the lead in Baby Driver. <laughs> oh, that's worse. But no, he's like Barry Keegan is the right age for that role and about the right look, yeah. apart from the weirdness. And he's uh, I'm just I'm just saying they could very easily have ended up casting for it. I bet he, I bet he was auditioned for it. Instead of like instead of listening to music the whole time, he wants his gimmick to be that he always has a pint of Guinness in one hand because they're sponsoring. <laughs> Can you get a bigger cup holder in the car, please? <laughs> just when they at the scene when like he's they, they think he's not listening to the plan, he just he brushes the pint of Guinness out of the way and does the plan instead of taking his earphones out. <laughs> the accident actually damaged his taste buds, so he can only taste Guinness. <laughs> his ears are fucking fine. So drunk the entire time. <laughs> oh, it's it's extra funny because Barry Keegan is banned from driving. <laughs> is he really? No, no, his his driving ban has just expired <laughs> as of last what year. The fuck is, what the fuck did he do? He's like fucking eight years old. Didn't appear in court. Oh, for fuck's sake. You have enough money to send your dad down with a fucking 20 quid note. Like, fucking yeah. hell. Mm-hmm. Ah, ban him again, I say. Ban him mm-hmm. again. Uh, whew, who else is bad? Robert Downey Jr. in Tropic Thunder. Yeah. <laughs> wasn't that his big return to wasn't that one of his big wilderness roles before, uh, oh, before it was, was post wilderness it was, it was a triumphal post Iron Man movie <laughs> uh, yeah I think that was one of his like his uh, renowned stardom like cash-ins mm. I definitely people talk about that role and that movie as if it's super funny and this great satire but I never thought it was that entertaining was he, still, he, like, was he still not emerging from the bad boy phrase when he was doing that movie anyway because he didn't have the whole... I, th- I think it was just after he had... So he had done Iron Man. Yeah. And I think this was just after that. I think so this is like one of his next movies. But there was still very much a bad boy persona about him at that time. Because Iron Man yeah. was all about the bad boy persona. Yeah. Well, I mean, he, you know... And in fairness, it's his own actions. But like Robert Downey yeah. Jr. is a weird case of like someone who's a tremendous actor. But like has gotten like, you know, blacklisted for being like an absolute fucking like off the rails lunatic. Yeah. But now look at him. Now who's fucking laughing because he was an off the rails lunatic and then came back to be the richest motherfucker in all of Hollywood. So like fucking, <laughs> who fucking won? He got it all. Hmm. Do you think he names his kid Junior? Junior Downey Jr.? <laughs> also, is there any just Downies? Two, ju- two Downey, two Junior. Why is there only ever Downey Juniors? Did they, did they all just change their name? There hasn't been a, a Robert Downey since Robert Downey Jr. was born, which transformed mm-hmm. the previous Robert Downey to Robert Downey Sr. It's just... <laughs> mm, that's true. Junior Downey Jr. Has to be done. <laughs> Speaking of names, you know, I found out that most of his friends and family called Bono Bono. I, that, I completely believe that. Isn't that fucking weird? That's yeah. sad. Yeah, but U2 was a weird thing. At some, point, at, so at some point, Bono had to come home to his family and say, I would prefer to be known as only as Bono, and they went along with it. How old Bono now. Was, how old do you think he was <laughs> when he achieved this? Do you think he did it as a stroppy teenager, or did he wait till he was like 28 and, million, and a millionaire? And oh, I, 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 would, I would say like 28. Well, I think he's been doing it for a lot longer. I think he was like 24 when he started. No, he was younger. Just... He was in his, he was, I was reading this the other day. That's how I found this fucking out. Is he... Um... He was called Bono Vox or Vox Bono first, and he hated it. And then he was told it meant good voice, and he loved it because he was a teenager. <laughs> and then I hate this. It means Bono. big dick, and he's like, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I was only talking to Aoife the other night. I don't know why Bono got me on this. I was only talking to Aoife the other night. That like, remember that weird period in time where like Colin Farrell was like the hottest fucking guy in Hollywood. What a strange time! Like, what a strange time in Hollywood. But. You look at that, right? And you look at like these shitty roles that he got cast in that like essentially tanked his, his big Hollywood career because yeah. he goes through this. I, it's, we've been over it before. Lots of money, shit Colin Farrell movie and performance. Movie that costs like 20 quid in a packet of potato. Great movie, great performance. It, ju- it just always is. I don't know what it is about him. He always does. But what's, your favorite, a- what's your favorite Colin Farrell, Colin Farrell movie? The Lobster. 
Okay. Uh, low budget in Bruges, high budget. Um, what's that one with Al Pacino? No, you got to do at least one like early Hollywood era Colin Farrell as well. SWAT is pretty good for a shit SWAT, movie. SWAT is very good. SWAT's great. His accent's not, but SWAT is very good. Phone booth. Oh, wait, 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 no, sorry, sorry. The best, the best high-budget Colin Farrell movie is Minority Report. That's a cracking yeah, movie. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I don't remember him in Minority Report. When did he's, like, he's the baddie. He's like, well, baddie. He's like the policeman who's trying to. When did Minority Report come out? Two thousand two. That's why I don't remember it. I haven't seen it yeah. since two thousand two. It's a twenty fucking years. That's why I don't remember it. And isn't there, that video is, game rules? What was what's the name of the sci-fi flick that he that he the remake the sci-fi remake that he appeared in that I think? Um, oh, he appeared in the remake of Total Marvel's Recall. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was Arnold Schwarzenegger's in it. The other, it? the other. Ah, I can never tell them apart. Jawed. <laughs> it's a uh, yeah. That's the that's the that's the one that really fucking did him a lot of damage in Hollywood. I'm pretty sure because like yeah. he was on like a stretch of doing these like high budget movies he just he was at the wrong time all the movies that were coming out were all like garbage and he was just doing what paid him the most and seemed interesting um <laughs> but like i was talking to Ethan and i was saying like you know colin farrell went through this phase where like he was the hottest guy in hollywood people hated him fucking hated him i don't know what it is they just really fucking hated him but then like his sex tape came out then and like you know colin everyone... farrell had a sex tape yeah, it's with, uh, I don't know who the fuck it's with, but he's got a big old fucking hog on him. Like, Colin Farrell has got a big fucking swinger. <laughs> and, like, I just, I, I'll, for the rest of my life, just think about how, like, Howard Stern, like, with a fucking, like, vicious venom, <laughs> hates Colin Farrell. He fucking oh, hates Colin Farrell. And, like, I could just imagine him sitting there. Why? Why as, does he hate him? I don't know. Probably because women like him and no woman <laughs> likes Howard Stern. Right, okay. um, but like he, he's sitting there, right? And like women fucking love him, and Harrison hates him, like fucking like viciously hates him. And uh, then all of a sudden, this comes out, and you see that like women love him, and he has a big fucking like fat cock. Mm. And it's like, oh, you must hate that, right? Like that must really suck for you that it's like everyone loves him, and also he's got a big fucking dick. Like you must really mm. hate that. Like well, statistically, so you think you think if you're a famous person and it's public knowledge that you have a big dick, like you're Justin Timberlake or Colin Farrell, like. It means that you win every argument automatically. People yeah, who hate think, you can't do anything about it. Yeah, I think Chris Evans is, is the current leader for number one. Very handsome man in incredible shape. He's got a big fucking cock on him. I, hmm. I think that there's no winning then. What are they going to say to him? Yeah. What are Where's they the evidence about Chris oh, Evans' cock? He posted it by accident. Ah, uh, yeah. By accident. <laughs> he was in an argument with someone he wanted to win. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> but like what are they gonna say what are you gonna say to fucking Chris Evans to insult them uh, you're too handsome you're too handsome and too rich and your dick is too fat haha okay <laughs> got him dude I don't know he just fucking wins <clears throat> he's universally fucking loved and he's a super handsome guy with lots of money he wins I'm sorry that's the way it works <laughs> oh stop also he's got a cute dog that's great mm-hmm. too yeah that's all I want <laughs> <laughs> Nuri, get me a laugh and get out. <laughs> it was, it's funny, is Nuri was super against the idea of getting, well, not super against the idea of getting a dog, but she was very much pro cat as opposed to dog. And you can have uh, both. We were in Spain over the summer when her dad uh, adopted the dog, and within I think like ten seconds of meeting that dog, she was pro dog over cat. She fell in love with the dog immediately. And now, like every day, she's like, "Here's another picture of Bora. Look at the picture of the dog." Oh, okay. <laughs> Okay, we need to start wrapping up. Does anyone have any last words before we wrap up today's episode? Episode number 30. Before we go. I didn't do a topic. Yes. If you want to do a topic and you want to talk about that, or if you have a celebrity with a fat dick who's super handsome that you like, throw it out there. We're all listening. I actually don't have a topic ready. I'm sorry. Okay. I have one last observation I need to make because this came up when I was researching my topic. The okay. weirdest case of casting I can remember is do you did you see Prometheus? Yeah. No. The alien. You know at the, they had like the teaser. I don't even think it was in the movie. I think it was a teaser clip of like the head of the Wayland Utani Corporation and it's played mm-hmm. by yeah. Guy Pierce and he's doing like his talk. So spoilers for Prometheus. He's in the movie. Whoa. But he's an, but he's an old man in it. In the worst fucking old man makeup I've because you know like when they do old man makeup <laughs> oh, yeah, Jesus. and there's no it there's no like, like creases Bowie. or dents in the face. It's literally it's literally just like an egg that they've painted wrinkles on. <laughs> There's that kind of type of old man. He makeup. looked like David um, Bowie. 
and he just talked like this and you're supposed to believe he's old. It was the worst fuck. I was like, you should have just gotten an old man in. You know, people who've seen the guy piercing appreciated that for that. You didn't have to cast him in the movie afterwards. Continuity isn't that important. Is there a part in the movie where someone says, I bet you do, you freaky old bastard, you? I bet you do, you freaky old <laughs> bastard, you. Two weeks in a row, baby. Woo! You're stuck in a I want to ask, 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 ask you guys, didn't you, Bowie? I want to ask you guys about, any, about the jobs you've quit. I've never heard Dan's stories of the jobs he's quit, and I need a little bit of a perk me up for having, <laughs> like now being unemployed. Dan, I mean, have you, you ever quit it. a job? I've only quit job. I quit two jobs, but they were like, and one of them was because I got offered a better job. So when I was asked, was when I handed them my notice, and he said, "Why?" I let the pause and say, "Because I, I got a job that wasn't working in a in a in an off license." <laughs> and he just sort of. <laughs> the boss just sort of shrugged his shoulders and understood. He's like, "Yeah, fair enough." Fair enough. <laughs> I mean, it was one of those jobs where I'm sure they get like seven people in the same role over the course of a year, so he wasn't too traumatized. And then I, I, the only other job I left was when I worked as a genealogist, and I had to leave to um, to finish my PhD. And they t- said they'd miss me, and I I wanted to say it back, but then, yeah, I think I ended up just saying, mm, "Yeah, yeah." I'm sure you will. You too. And I, I had a good relationship with the company. I, I enjoyed working there. I just, I just got social awkwardness. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I mean, you guys know most of mine because I mean, there's been several that I've like stormed up the fucking Kinvara with a fucking bottle of whiskey in a hand, like ranting and raving and fucking cursing down the phone at, at previous employers, mm-hmm. um, specific, mm-hmm. specifically several Christmases ago because I was just fucking done. And I had to go before I dexed the fucking manager that was there. <laughs> uh. And then like a sucker, I was rehired. Uh, not for very long because I bailed very quickly. But, <laughs> but that was, a, that was a, a very stupid decision to go back to that job. I should have I gone with my gut and left it. <laughs> if you ever quit your job, just for anyone that's listening at home, if you ever quit your job, quitting your job is like breaking up with somebody. You don't ever go back. There's a mm. reason you broke up with them. There's a reason you quit. It's not going to get yep. better. It just is what it is. You got to leave. Now, sometimes things change, you know? Sometimes Mm. your job is under new management several years later, and now all of a sudden it makes sense to go back. Maybe there's a higher pay package waiting for you, and it makes a lot of sense to be there. I don't begrudge you. Same way if you get back with an ex after several years of being apart and you've both grown as people, maybe it can work. Mm. In saying that nine times out of ten, it doesn't ever fucking work, so don't do it. It's a bad idea. It's just going to get you in trouble. Don't do it. If you quit a job, Leave it there. If you think about quitting a job, quit as soon as you can and leave it there. Leave it dead. Hmm. I have a new policy where I will never, ever go back to an old job ever again. And I've been offered. Yeah. Yeah, I can take that. I just, it's just one of those things where I kind of think like, you know what? I left here for a reason and I just, I'm not going to get whatever I'm looking for out of this. So I should stay gone. Hmm. Um, And I got a little bit desperate recently enough and I was thinking like maybe maybe I should take that contract offer. It's, you know, I don't really want to go do it, but it's decent money and uh, maybe, maybe I should do it. I can get out of this position I'm in at the minute. And then, mm. um, you know, I convinced some fucking sucker to hire me for way more money uh, than what I was going to go to the other job for. So I just, I, I panned out. It always pans out. <laughs> Good enough. And with that, this has been episode 30. As a quick run now, we've talked about quitting jobs, talked about people that are in misplaced roles, talked about actors that have a big old fucking hog. And, uh, you know, it's been a good episode. The the ones ending in zero are always good episodes. Go back and listen to episode 20, episode 10, and episode zero, and you will agree, they are all the best episodes. As our friend Colin Farrell might say, he owes a go. And as Colin Farrell would also say, look at me, big fucking hog. And as Colin Farrell would also (laughs) say, Harry and all anyways, I'm Colin Farrell. How how can people from Dublin be so bad at Dublin accents? Because it's not funny to it's a real Dublin accent. Because it's, col- it's a Colin Farrell impression. That's what he sounds like. Harry and all anyways. I'm Colin Farrell. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know. <laughs> Imagining Colin Farrell at home being like, fuck it, they got me. They got me so... <laughs> Harry and all I'm, I'm, Col- I'm Colin Farrell. So I win the argument. No, I, I, once had, I once drew a picture when I was, when I was like when I used to think that I might be interested in cartooning and I really used to like, I used to imitate madly the style of Doonesbury in the Irish Times for some reason. I'm mad into trying this out. I did a caricature of Colin Farrell being let, let out of rehab when he, one time when he was let out of rehab. And I remember drawing it in the, uh, in the cool mind canteen. 
and it's just like has a little rehab building in the background, a big square head on Colin Farrell, and his big like uh, you know designer stubble swigging out of a can of turpentine, saying, "Well, hey, cured." <laughs> <laughs> I wish I still had that. I've no idea where it you're might a be. genius. There's only two known instances that we have of Stephen ever doing art. One of them is the crucifix, and the other, the other one is Colin Farrell leaving rehab with a can of turpentine. Cured. <laughs> oh my god! I also, I've also tie dyed t-shirts. If you ever find that that picture of Jesus on the cross, you have to add cured to it. <laughs> As he's he goes to Grant and swog out, put, put Colin Farrell designer stubble on Jesus. <laughs> yeah, just Jesus getting stabbed and going cured. <laughs> Colin, oh. if you're listening, we'd love to have you on the show. We're huge fans. As you can tell, we said nothing bad about Colin Farrell and his big old hog. We were only posy. Only posy vibes Farrell, man. You don't even have to get your lad out. No, I mean, if you want to, it's an audio podcast. No one will see it, but like, you don't got to do it. You know, you that is just, completely optional. You can just Whatever lay it, you want, Colin, man. Look, we can just, you can just lay it on the table for Foley, right? And if you want to take it out and say that you've done two guest appearances, that's fine too. I'm all right with that. I'm not against it. So this has been episode 30. I have, of course, been Adam Sheridan. You can follow me at SwaggerGills. Stephen Burke, don't follow me on Twitter. You'll just make yourself sad. It's on Burkock. Um, Daniel Purcell, follow me at Mr. Daniel Purcell for all commentary on specifically the Colin Farrell film Undine. And that's a A N B U R C A C H, not A N B U R C O C K. Sorry. And also, if you want to follow the brand itself, you put at and then the fucking name of the episode or the name of the show or the name of the of the company. It doesn't really matter. It's gonna show up somewhere, dude. It's not that difficult. Later. Woo-hoo.